Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. Take it away, Kevin. This is Kevin Pruitt with another episode of Rising Tide Startups, and my special guest today is Veronica Romney. Veronica, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Oh, super excited to be here. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been fun to have a little quick chat before we hit the big red record button. But uh, yeah, I mean, looking at that office, look how pristine that office looks. I mean, she said it's it's always it always looks like that. I think it's exactly what you mentioned off off camera, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I said that like right before I got on. I like ferociously threw everything in the corner. I literally am looking at my sliced apple and a piece of tile and backsplash sample on the floor. It's fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> it's just the beauty of we can we can kind of create the oh, yeah. atmosphere we want i mean i have a fake zoom background so I, yeah. I, you have no idea what's going on behind me so. oh when i was managing um one of the last big companies that i was in charge of it was all females all females at boss babe and i would jokingly like get on camera like you look so pretty i'm like no no no, hold on listen guys i curled the front of my hair and the whole the whole back is a rat's nest so like it was always the big reveal where i would like turn my head around and like oh I'm like so i'm business in the front party in the back that is an el camino hairstyle right there yeah. that is absolutely no doubt about it no doubt i love it so hey share a little bit about yourself with our listeners Oh my goodness. Where do I even, I feel like I've had more career changes than like Lady Gaga or Madonna, but so I am Veronica Romney. I am a dream team architect. I am also a fractional chief of staff for my private clients. Um, I'm pretty much a consultant of many trades, but how most of my clients know me to be is pretty much this awesome bridge between like the marketing and the creative and that right brain activity. But then I'm operationally minded and business savvy and like systems and structure and efficiency. So I like to call myself a little bit of a marketing integrator too. I help my visionaries basically find their who and how to where they want to take the business and why. So that's my job. So nobody in the history of the planet has ever just woken up one day and decided that that was their no, job description. So absolutely not. walk us through that beautiful mosaic that you can look back and say, <laughs> Hey, this, these pieces fell into place and, yeah. and out popped this baby. Well, it, and it's been a journey. It's like, um, what are those things called those little Russian dolls where it's like a doll within the doll within the but doll. Like babushka or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so that's, I, I kind of feel that way about exploring and discovering what my true zone of genius versus understanding the difference between that and like my competence or my excellence or my proficiencies. Cause that's really what it is. Like you start off in the big, big world of business. And you're like, I think I'll be an accountant. And then you like actually take accounting classes in school and you're like, this is awful. This is fake math. Like who thought, who said this was math? I loved math, not this. Right. So I'm like, okay, I don't want to be a CP. Like, I don't want to do accounting. Like, I don't want to do ledgers and like, ugh. I'm like, but I love math. So I'll do finance. No, I have way too much. Clearly I have way too much personality for like a cubicle and spreadsheets. All no day. doubt about it. So I knew I wanted to do business. My parents are entrepreneurs. Entrepreneurs tend to birth other entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. It just is my personal in the genes. Yes, it is. And so I knew I wanted to do business, but then like at school and through internships is where I discovered that like marketing as a skill, as a technique, as a, as a pursuit was the, the particular lane of business that I felt most called to do. But as a growing 
you know, human being in the world. Um, but despite my discipline and what I studied and my experience working at very, very big companies in their marketing departments, I personally, as a person am constructed to think more operationally and more efficient. And like, and like my brain just thinks that way. Right. Um, I like organize and I play Tetris with teams and I'm an arranger and I just look for the best ways to do mm. things. So I'm really, really, really good at execution, which sometimes when you look at creative people or marketing departments, it's a lot of the creative of geniuses and there's not a lot of like structure sometimes or boundaries or discipline. Yeah. I don't struggle with that. Learning more about what I inherently do, like my like what I came out of the womb doing and then also the skill that I've learned and picked up through trade and experience and time is what's brought this kind of cluster of sorts together in the best way. Um and I've just had the the hard choice of like how do I want to exercise my gifts? Because as every woman knows, we are Swiss army knives. You need me to be a nail file. I'll be a nail file. You want me to be a screwdriver. I'll be a screw. Like I can be whatever it is that you need to be. Do you know what I mean? And so that has actually been the hardest part of finding my way is like, which of my talents do I choose to share with the world? And how do I want to show up? Cause it's a choice. Cause I can be whatever that somebody needs me to be because I'm a, I'm a female and I take care of other people. Yeah. It's, it's just built in. It's built in the genetics. I mean, you're a it Swiss is. Army knife entrepreneur. I mean, you, you 100%. Have, have no no other way to, to get around that. So, I yeah. looking back, I mean, I was kind of glancing at at some of the the on your website. You listed some of the companies you worked for yeah. and worked with, and so I've got a little bit of a theory that says, you know, if you really have kind of an entre entrepreneurial bent, you will even exercise that in changing jobs fairly frequently. Yeah. just to just to find something new and it's almost like you're creating something by yeah. moving to another company have you did you experience that yeah I think it's a symptom of my generation um I don't know if I'm I'm like mid-millennial or elder I don't know what I am but I'm I'm one of those that like I think our average like tenure at a company is what two years three mm. years so like I think it's part of my generation that like the generation before me would stay at a company 10 15 years like that that doesn't exist I think for me and the and everybody younger so it's part of my generation I think it's also part of the fact that like I personally like just in my personality I um am really really I'm really challenged when it's something new and I'm a really fast yeah. learner. And then after six months, I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've mastered this. And after a year, I'm like, okay, well now I'm like, yeah. now I have something bored. else? give me something else, boss. And then after a year and a half or two years, I'm like, okay, if there's nothing else that I need to go, because like, I want to grab as many tools to put in my tool belt to get as much value out of my life experience as possible. So it's a combination of personality. And I think also my generation for sure. So how have you created your, your current company to kind of, you know, remedy that need that you have? How, how are you going to keep from stagnating? Well, so here's the beautiful thing. If you've ever worked with an online entrepreneur, a visionary, they get bored real quick and they're <laughs> quick starts. So in that regard, they love me because I can execute very quickly and I can match their pace. But what I can do that they have a hard time doing is I'm actually really good at finishing something and they're really good at starting something. So that's where I can actually compliment my clients and my students and my peers and things like that. It's like, I can compliment the visionary. I can understand Walt Disney, but also be the, the, the brother Roy Disney that made sure Walt didn't go to jail from bounce mm. checks. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's interesting. I mean, you really are like a walking unicorn because I mean, the, the, person that generally is on the front end of that that curve yeah. or the front of that equation 
has a really hard time finishing anything. Yes. You know, but would you say that you are better at like finishing phases yes. or are you talking about the whole project all the way through the implementation and everything? Yep. Um, I took a one of, I've taken all the personality assessments that you can think of because <laughs> every job that you go, especially a corporate job, like, oh, you're here, you're going to take the strength finders here. Right. You're going to take the colors here. You're going to take the Colby. Like, I feel like I've taken yeah. all of them. One of the last ones I've taken recently was I think the um, Adobe creative type. Um, it's, it's really, it's a really cool uh, process that they built out, but I, I got the producer shocker to no one <laughs> and the producer, one of the lines in the producer, um, explanation that I really liked was like, ideas are only exciting to you if you can see them happening. So I love ideas, but if I can't actually see them coming to fruition, they don't excite me where I think visionaries can ideate all day long and yep. they don't really, they still get excited even if it never happens, you know? So right. that's, so that's where I think I can compliment, but I do like to finish. Like I love highlighters. I love lists. I love to cross things off my list. I will actually make a list. Even if I finish the task, just for the joy of crossing it off the list. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You are a really a unique cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I know myself. Right? I, am, I have never interviewed anybody that has this amount of self-awareness and, yeah. and self-actualization. I mean, it's, it's just, I've it really is work. incredible. I've it really work, is incredible. I mean, <laughs> no doubt about, it. I mean, we're talking deep work here, deep oh, yeah. work in, in, you know, internally and, and uh, yeah. Well, but also think about who I've worked for. Like I've worked for, you know, the, the Tony Robbins, the Dean yep. Graziosi the boss babes, you know, the, that, that the influencers of personal development and mm -hmm. self-realization. And I have clients who are former Catholic monks. So like, like I literally, I, I literally, one of my clients is a, a, an entire therapy-based business. Can you imagine every team meeting, just working with therapists? Like we're all talking about our feelings to some degree about how we feel about things. I can and see I you in the middle of that meeting going, guys, we got to get something done here. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I'm like, all right. All right. Like we don't need to enough talk about, nasal oh, gaving, yes. gazing. We got to do something here. But then I also worked at companies that it's all women and we're talking about like cycles and we're talking about mercury, you know, mercury retrograde. I'm like, I don't understand what, like, can we just talk about launching this thing? Like, do we have to talk about Mars? Like, or what's happening here? So I've worked in every kind of environment. Um, but yeah, by the nature of who I've been around, it's a lot of personal development, big, big proponents of personal development. So I read all those books. I, you know, and I'm a fan of it. I think the more that you get to know yourself, the more that you can stand up for yourself and the more that you can realize the gift that you are. And there is no doubt. I mean, it's, it's almost like that, that personal Venn diagram out there. Yeah. That, you know, what were you created to do? What does society yeah. need and what can you get paid for? You know, where's that? All of the above. The and where, where is it the most expensive? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> perfect intersection. So walk us through like just the transition from say corporate world to working on your own how did well, that well i had a baby that's yeah. how that happened um everybody hit everybody jumped into entrepreneurship for different reasons you lost your corporate job so that was that was plan b um my dad wanted me to like not me personally my dad but i'm saying like the dad in the family is gonna retire so you're gonna take over the family business like everybody has a catalyst right and for me that kind of catalyst was I was, I had my first son and I was on my maternity leave and my husband came home from his job and was like, I'm deeply unhappy. And I think we should do this for ourselves. And I'm like, I literally just had a baby three weeks ago. What are you talking about? <laughs> and it was, so it was a combination of like having a child and the realization of like, 
to center my life around my family was mm-hmm. more meaningful now with an infant than it was like just me and him. Right. And it was also my husband actually pushing me because he was deeply unhappy, which caused a whole other issue. But anyways, that he was deeply unhappy with his career. So it was, it was that kind of catalyst of like life, significant life changes that prioritize family over corporate job. Mm-hmm. So did you do something together? Oh yes. Never again. Will I do that? <laughs> yes. See, now you're answering questions before I ask them. I was going to oh, be yeah. like the next one. Would oh, you yeah. recommend <laughs> No. And it's funny because my, I grew up with parents that own an air conditioning company for 30 years and are more obsessed with each other today than they were when they started their business. And so I think I looked at that model. I'm like, okay, to my husband, like we can do this. And then I realized like, no, every couple is different. Every marriage mm-hmm. is different. Like, I don't yeah. want to do that. Like I could, I don't want to, I don't, I rather you stay as my beautiful life partner, the father of my beautiful children, like my romantic partner and not be mad at you at nine o'clock that you forgot your business cards in a sales meeting. Like, and I know that seems trivial, but it's like, it's those little really, not at all. It's, it's those things that like, I don't want to sit on that. I want to like, I don't want to sit on that. I want to cheerlead you on. I want you to cheerlead me on. Mm. So yeah, we started an agency together, attempted that for a good couple of years and lovingly decided, nope, no more. (laughs) So what's been the, what was the why in the road? So what did he do? (laughs) (laughs) He didn't know. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, he was unhappy with his job. And was like, okay, what's the, what's the easiest thing that we can start? And I'm a marketer. So let's start a marketing agency and deliver marketing services, but it was never his passion. So that's another challenge, right? Yeah, to do business with a couple where both of you are not deeply passionate about the thing that you're doing. Cause it's so hard period. So I think it's just like great idea, wrong thing. And then ultimately it's like, you continue pursuing your passion, which doesn't happen to be the same as mine. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. That's yeah. totally okay. Yeah. No, no, no question about it. Yeah. I- I know that you, you tended to speak, you know, from time to time, go to conferences and things like that. I'm, I'm assuming pre COVID oh, how yes. has COVID kind of impacted that and, and being on your own, are you still oh, man. on the speaking circuit? I love speaking. Yeah. I still speak here and there. Um, yeah, actually you're a great communicator, by the way. Thank you. I, I love it. I love doing it. Um, so yes, I sold my agency the summer of 2019 found out I was a Tony Robbins speaker in December, 2019, walked into 2020 going, this is my year <laughs> and had an epic keynote. I mean, like I was in Palm Springs, California, keynoting, you know, selling online courses when I was done. It was a really great setup. Like you speak and you fall in love with the people in the room. Then you invite them to continue with you in a digital format. Like business was good. I love yep. the platform, both platforms. Right. And then I was flying to Toronto, Canada in March. (laughs) And it was a two day event and I was speaking on the first day. So I showed up and it was already like less than 50% of the attendance because it was like, we had started, it was, we could hear about it right Right. now. The new cycle is picking it up in the U S and stuff like that. And by day two, we got the email that says, nobody's coming in. The workers at the conference center has tested positive and they were helping you servicing you guys this week when they got picked up covert the week before or something like that. So completely canceled. And then within two to three weeks of that email, every speaking engagement in 2020 was canceled for me, mm-hmm. all of them. Yep. And did that kind of launch kind of the dream 
team architect side of things? No, that launched me going kind of like I had met I had met Pete Vargas through finding out that I was a Tony Robbins speaker and he needed like some marketing, he needed a marketing leader. So I'm like, okay, well, speaking company, I was a speaker and they're needing a marketing leader. So I worked for him for a period of time. And then I was like, this isn't the right fit. Then I like started doing virtual workshops because that was now becoming a thing. Mm-hmm. Then Boss Babe came and knocked at my door and was like, hey, can you help us run our company as integrator and chief of staff? I'm like, if you, if you insist. <laughs> and then again, here we are in 2021 and around June, I was like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. So it really was the me leaving Boss Babe as their chief of staff that kind of reignited my love for helping, but helping on my terms. Right. Right. So here I am again now as a dream team architect, which by the way, that title was appointed to me by a former employee at Boss Babe that I managed. So I can't even take credit for it. It was given to me and I proudly wear it. So how does that, how does that work out in actuality? So, I mean, I I can see these titles, master marketer, fractional staff, (laughs) dream team architect. Uh, I mean, it sounds like Legos, you know, business Legos. I mean, what does it look like when these pieces are put together? That's really good. I I call it Tetris, but business Legos I like. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so basically, if my visionary client is determining where does the business go and why does the business go in that direction, they're so epically frustrated with not seeing clearly how to achieve that and who will do it for them. Yep because they can't do every function in every role. And quite frankly, they're not built to do that either. Let's be very clear. And they know that like they, they will, they'll be the first ones to tell you, I'm not a people manager. I'm not an operator. I'm not, oh, please don't make me do this. Right. But there's a really lovingly, they've spent a lot of time building up their marketing muscle by reading all the books because it makes the money. And then they don't read any of the books on how to be a team builder or leader mm. or operational or I mean, just like a business owner. Right. And so they keep breaking their business. They're like, they'll sell a lot and then they don't know how to fulfill it and they break it and they burn people out. And so there's really, really high employee and team member turnover in these entrepreneur business structures because they're not structured. Right. Correction. They're not even structured. It's like bumper cards. So I, I'm really good at team building and I'm really good at management. I actually love doing it. Right. So I'm the person, like I said, at the beginning was like, I'm, I'm determining who needs to be where and in what role doing what function. And then taking those who's that dream team and making sure they know how to execute the most efficiently to Mm -hmm. get the dreams done. So that's my function with my clients. So is it Veronica? Is it, is it V that's doing all these roles is, or is V leading her team to do these roles? Oh, no, no, no. V is empowering the client's team members to step up. I can't fish for you. I have to teach you guys how to fish for yourselves, right. quite frankly. So um, it depends. Like there's, you can spend an hour with me at a time and we can talk about your org chart and I can tell you like very objectively, you're missing this, this, and this. These are the people that I would hire next and why, and this is what to look for. We can spend a whole day together if you already have a leadership team that's unclear. And I can spend a whole day with your leadership team doing like this really intensive process where I'm like, okay, your roles need to be redefined. Your lean needs to be this way. Your KPIs are now this and your outcome is this. And this is who you should be managing and go forth and execute with some follow-up. 
or I work with my clients on a fractional quarterly basis yeah, where I'm actually like building the team. Right. So like working with a recruiter, if I don't already know somebody in my Rolodex, usually I, usually I'm pretty good. I have been very blessed to work with a lot of A players and A players mm-hmm. tend to you know, recommend other A players. We're very yep. picky who we recommend. So if, if I notice that a client is missing a critical team member, I usually will pull from my well first. If not, then I'm working with a recruiter. But either way, whether I'm sourcing the person um, or I have a person in the company that needs to level up, I will be doing that work for the visionary because they don't know how. I mean, that walking into someone's company and yeah. get in, I mean, getting a 360 view oh, yeah. is very difficult to do in a, in a very short period of time. I mean, that really is a gift. That's a skill. And I think, I mean, just listening to you talk, I would imagine that you could look at a business proposal and be able to walk up to the whiteboard and, and kind of identify the holes in the strategy very quickly. I mean, I think you see, Oh, if hold on, it's too far. I have a whole bag, a Ziploc bag of dry erase markers in every color. Because when I travel to visit with my clients, I, I usually visit them once a quarter when they're my fractional clients. I bring a whole bag of Ziploc markers and post-its and I'm Vanna White for two days. <laughs> um, and I, on my phone, if you look at my, like my photos and like the role, it's just picture after picture after picture of what we're doing on a whiteboard. Like we're doing org charts, we're doing messaging moments, we're doing the reconstruction, we're, like we're doing launch calendars for 2022. Like, um, Yes. Like it is, I basically think of it this way, you know, like the, the hallway closet that no, that you don't want anybody to see well, yep. that is your business. So yep. what you show on social media is not the business. Right. It's in the hallway closet is the business. So I essentially open the door and like, let it all come pouring out. And then I'm going to like help you put it back together in a way <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I'm one of my strength finders. Um, one of the skills or top five is input for me. So I input, I can receive a, a, a fire hydrant of information and process it very, very, very quickly. There is no doubt in my mind. And yeah. in a, our 15 minute chat here, I mean, you, you, you've even organized our podcast here. So it's <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize you were doing it. So I, I bet your other strength finders, I bet um, I'm guessing maybe your top five, probably you, you can probably identify the individualism or individualistic. So you can identify the strengths of each player, maybe in the team. Uh, connectedness might be one that you can see the intersection, you know, of, of the mm-hmm. different, I guess, parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I certainly think you would be high strategic, you know, as, as far as a, a strength finder. So sure. Um, those, all those of, if they're not in your top five, they're like six, seven, eight, probably. They're, they're close. My, and if I tell you my top five, are like, well, that now that makes sense. So I'm an arranger. So that like I arrange for efficiencies, but I actually tend to, I do that with people. <laughs> so I'm arranging right. people, which is really funny. High, high achiever. Shocker. Uh, almost every assessment I've ever taken is like, you are the definition of an overachiever. I'm like, I know it's a problem. I go to therapy. It's great. Uh, actually, it's <laughs> so, high before E, not EI. So, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> so achiever, arranger, input, learner. And I think that's what makes me a really good, probably why I fell into online marketing in particular is I love to learn and I'm mm-hmm. on the edge of like marketing practices. And I'm pretty like, I just, I watch the Super Bowl for the commercials, not for the game, right? Like I just love to see yep. what people are doing. Um, and then probably you weren't expecting this one, um, responsibility. 
No, I, I would, I can see that. I can see um, that. As a High child, yeah. yep. As a child, I was never told to do my homework, ever. Were you a firstborn? Absolutely. I gotta be. <laughs> gotta be. Hundred yes. yeah, percent. That's right. The third parent. The, oh yeah. Uh, for 100%. sure. The golden child, third parent. The the, the pleaser. So absolutely yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you you mentioned a minute ago the the adage. You know, I, I teach you how to fish. I mean, I. Have you seen that that barber? So you don't you give a man a fish, you feed him a day, you teach him to fish, and he's going Correct. to sit on the bank all day drinking beer and <laughs> and missing work. <laughs> you know? So yeah, you know, that brought that to mind. And you said that. So who who would you go ahead? Go ahead. I'll ask that I was question. Gonna say, I, I was going to say. I think uh, back to one of the original questions you asked me earlier it was like, how did you know, or how did you end up here? Um, I really did for a really long time. I thought my my most premier offer to the world was my marketing genius, mm. like just the marketing strategist and the experience that I had being, I mean, really being behind some very, very, very successful launches and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but right, like the little Russian doll, it was actually leading marketing teams that I enjoyed the most more mm. than the actual constructs of the marketing launch itself. And um, one of the things that really hit me, I, in the, even in the last two weeks, I was thinking about this, just again, self-realization, self-awareness, um, is that when I was strictly doing marketing as my genius, when I would have a really successful marketing launch, it was such a high. I mean, like the whole team, it's a high, like we made so much money. We were helping so many people like, Oh, I was so hard. We were burning the midnight oil. Right. But it's so fleeting. Mm. Like you have an epic marketing launch. And then what happens when the next one flops yep. Yep. or doesn't go well. And then all of that high and all of that excitement of like, and everybody's so happy with you and you've laid a golden egg. And then when you lay a normal egg, it's like, you feel like you're starting over again. Like a all normal egg compared to a golden egg is a rotten egg. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you. Beautifully said. Now contrast that to the work that I'm doing now. When I pour into a person, like whether they stay at the company, which is the intentions that they, that I'm pouring into them for the sake of the company, which of course it does happen, but also too, I think you and I both know that you are not going to die on your gravestone and say that you worked for someone. Yeah. So for me to see somebody literally grow in stature and confidence, like they stand taller that stays with that person for life. Mm -hmm. No doubt it's, about it. It's not fleeting. So like when people say, I want to do something that's meaningful, I want to, I want to do work that leaves a legacy and it has impact. And all of those words that you hear all the time, impact, legacy, blah, blah, blah. I gen actually, I genuinely feel for the first time in my life that I can actually say that I 100% am causing lifetime impact and mm. legacy for somebody who stands taller because they believe in, in themselves from the work that I do with them versus just having a successful launch. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's amazing just, just kind of hearing you unpack your, your story and just kind mm -hmm. of the journey that you've been on to get to where you are today. And yeah. it kind of reminds me that the metaphor of like, you know, the, on, is it, but in front of China, man's Chinese theater that, you know, where they have mm -hmm. kind of the Hollywood walk of fame and, you know, they have the handprints and the footprints in the, in the concrete. And I think when people reach the, the point that you've reached, it's like you found your concrete imprints yeah. and you stepped in and it's the perfect fit. Yeah. You know, you've been, you've been trying out a bunch of different, yeah. you know, concrete, I guess, impressions. And, and then, wow, when you get there, you know, it's a perfect fit. Have you ever read the book, the big leap by, um, Gay Hendricks? 
Um, no, but I've actually seen like just book summaries the, and yes. So the fish that jumps from one small fish bowl to another, the bigger fish yeah, bowls. Yeah. Um, that was a deeply impactful book for me because he talks about it, you know, like when you're operating in your zone of genius, it feels aligned and it feels like you you're creating time. You're, it feels like you're mm -hmm. like all powerful. Cause you're really exercising what you're called to do. I mean, all of those symbolisms that you hear about and we've heard that before I've heard that before. But I, no lie, I can actually genuinely say for the first time in my life that I'm like, oh, I know what this book is about. Mm. Oh, this is actually like a very real tangible thing to say. I'm operating in the capacity that I'm best at and that I'm that like most congruent and most right. in integrity with myself. And that's, I mean, it's life-giving. Like I, I am in full integrity with myself right now and it's, it's fantastic. Well, it's not just jumping from a small bowl to a bigger bowl. <laughs> it's, it's literally allowing you to grow, Yeah. you know, but yeah. that you have more space. So now you have more, yep. more opportunity to grow. So who do you, who would you describe would be like your ideal client? Ooh, that's a really good question. Um, so, I mean, obviously I, I specifically have the most experience working in the online space. So online entrepreneurs. Okay. Now out, outside of that, given, given that context, given that like requirement, this is an online business versus like a brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. I have to say it's the persona of the client that I care about the most. You know how I can tell if it's a good client or a bad client <laughs> is when I'm doing a prospective they pay call. pay you when you send an invoice. No. <laughs> When I can tell when I get really excited is when I get on a call and the entrepreneur spends more time in that 20 minutes confessing to me that they feel like I'm the problem. I'm the reason the business is struggling. I'm the reason that we have turnover. I'm the reason like I'm not doing a good job and it's like, and it kills me. And I even hear like some of the female leaders were like, it makes me want to cry because I just feel like I'm letting people down. I think when I work, when I'm meeting with somebody and they're pointing the finger externally, the mm -hmm. whole freaking phone call, mm -hmm. well, my number two sucks and my OBM, this and da, 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 da. like when they're pointing the finger at everybody around them, who's making, who's underperforming and it's all of their fault and everybody's incompetent. I have zero desire to help somebody grow their business. Yeah. Like, no, thank you. Yeah. But when I get on a phone call with somebody who is, there's enough level of self-awareness and humility to be like, I know I'm the problem and I can't even fix it. Cause I can't, I don't know how I will embrace them for life. Mm -hmm. Like to admit that I don't have all the answers, but I feel bad and I want this to work and I want people to be happy here. And I just feel like I'm not doing the best that I can do that extreme ownership concept um, by Jocko. I'll, I like, give it to me all day. I will work with you all day and I will help you because that is who I seek to serve. And is there, is there a certain like annual revenue or monthly revenue that they need to be at? I mean, yeah. obviously you're not free. So, I mean, well, so like for me to even play Tetris with a team, there has to be a team. Hmm. So like normally a, an online entrepreneur who's less than seven figures is really at that stage, really concerned about trying to like pay themselves enough like that's really where they're thinking or like, I want to build a company, but I want to make sure I'm paying myself, especially paying myself more than I used to get paid working for somebody else. So like, that's a lot yeah. of internal strife um, and conflict. So then to have me come in at my cost, it's like, it doesn't make sense. So what I've noticed is the, you know, 2 million, 3 million, 
around there, 4 million is where people are like, I am, I'm plateauing. Mm-hmm. I hit, I hit a million, I hit 2 million. And like my growth isn't doing the hockey stick thing anymore. Yeah. And I feel like I'm causing the problem or I don't have the team that I can be outside of the business to bring in more leads than being stuck inside the business. Got it. Okay. You go out and hunt. I'll take care of the hoarder's house at home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that, that makes perfect sense. And I, I really like the way you kind of frame that ideal client is, is teachable. Yeah. There's some humility there. There's not, I mean, I, I would think sometimes your first answer, if it's everybody else's fault, then say you really are a terrible leader. Yeah. You know, you're a terrible vent mentor. You're a terrible developer of talent. You know, mm-hmm. you're, you're terrible. You don't even recognize talent, you know, that type of thing. So there's so many issues that you'd have to kind of unlearn or, or, they would have to unlearn before you even get into the point that they would listen to you Absolutely. and they'll blame you too. Oh yeah. It no, will be it, one. Yeah. My, everybody's fault but theirs. That's right. <laughs> for, for that. So I normally ask, uh, is there, we're kind of wrapping up today. I normally ask the question of, you know, what are, what are one or two things that you wish you would have known? Like when you, you started your business, but I would like to reserve the right to kind of tweak that a little bit, because I, I think your, your experience is so unique and your, the way you approach things is so unique. So what is, if, if you're speaking to people that are just getting started, that are kind of early in their, their journey as, as leaders, as CEOs, as, as, you know, company founders, what are one or two things that are just absolutely crucial in leading a team? Well, Oof. especially, I guess what I'm trying to like process is like in the early stages, because the advice I give to somebody who has a $5 million business or an eight, figure business is a little bit different how to lead. But for somebody who's in those early stages and the attempt to do, to build the dream team outside of themselves. So there's a couple of things. Number one, don't do what I did. Don't, especially if you have corporate background, because here's what I did in my agency. And I regret this. And this is going to be like, you're like, how, how is a dream team architect saying this advice? The opposite of what she does. Because don't hire truthful. <laughs> yeah. Don't hire employees right away. Mm. That was a mistake I, I I made very early on where I was in this corporate mindset. So like when I started my business, I'm like, you get a salary and you get a salary and you get a salary. I'm like, wait a minute. So in those early stages, you don't have to run faster than you can walk. And sometimes we try to emulate people who are past us or what we just came from. And in the process, we dry ourselves out on cash and dry ourselves out on runway. And then like, we never even have enough wind to take off. Yeah. So I, I lovingly like contractors are great. Vendors are great. Assistants part-time are great. I always strive to be their absolute favorite client. So they always prioritize me. Mm -hmm. So you'll see me do that. Even to this day, I have a whole bunch of people that aren't exactly like full, full time for me but I want to always strive to be their number one. So they stay with me. Cause that's right. like, well, I want somebody full-time cause they'll stay with me and a vendor won't or a contractor won't I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Contractors get treated like garbage on a daily mm-hmm. basis. Be the client that you wish that, or be their dream client and they'll right. stay with you. And they'll actually undercharge you because they love you so much. Mm. So that's number one. Don't do what I did. Don't, don't staff up and bloat your, your payroll so much that you just like eat yourself up alive. And then if you have a bad month, you're like crying because it's either paying them or paying you. And you can only do that for so long before you like it fails or you go back to corporate. Right. 
Been there. Um, the other thing that I would say um, from a from an operational standpoint and a marketing standpoint is when I was first starting out, I did too many things. I had too many offers. If you had cash in your pocket, I'm like, what do you need? Like my ideal like, client was anybody that would pay anybody, right. anybody. Oh my gosh. Um, and even when I thought I was niching down, I still wasn't niching down. Like mm. I really wasn't. And so I think for me, it's like pick a person who has a significant problem and offer one product. That's it. One person with one problem, one product. Mm -hmm. Don't do three products. Don't do three people yeah. and solve three problems. One person that you want to work with who has one problem that you have the most confidence solving into one product. Stay there. Stay there. Get the testimonials, increase your prices, get the referrals, the business will grow on its own. Yeah, that's such great advice. And, and as a, I mean, literally, I mean, there are so many ways, so many avenues and side streets that we can, we can take with so many things that you've said today, but uh, I, I certainly want to honor your time and appreciate you just taking the time this afternoon. Is there anything that we haven't touched on? You just want to wrap up with and then tell people where the best place to find you online. Yeah, I think the, the last parting words is like for any of your listeners, especially the entrepreneur, like take the pressure off having to be everything to everyone. You really don't. There's mm. a lot of great people that are looking to partner up with other great people. Just be excellent. Be a good person and like call out to the world. Like, does anybody know somebody who's great at this? Like just, just invite in people who can help you because you don't have to be everything. Don't, don't inflate your ego and don't posture and fake it till you make it. Be honest and earnest and humble. It will really help you a lot. Um, every time I've left a job, I like called everybody that I knew on my phone, everybody in my email, I'm like, I'm doing something new. If you could use my services or you could tell somebody about my services, like it really works. Mm. Just, just being a good person. People will tell people about you. And then as far as like how to like be friends with me outside of this podcast, um, I would love to be friends with you. So you can find me on veronicaromney.com, but everywhere on social media, I'm just V Romney. So like Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, it's just V Romney. Well, I, and I do know that that you probably and I, this is a this is a guess, but it's an I hope it's an educated guess. I, I do have a feeling that you are an, a master connector too. That you connect people together without any any expectation of of residual, but it just you know it, it does benefit you down the road for sure. But I think that you do that just because that that's how you're wired. Um, I feel like when you strive in life to be a helper versus a helpy, I feel like God does bless you to do something like that. And I think he just needs hands. And so for me, it's like, I've been the recipient, a lot of great, great, great counsel and help. And so now my goal is to help others. And so like, if I have a conversation with somebody who's like, do you know, somebody's looking for customer support positions? I'm like I have a client that need. like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm always like, wide open on what people could need or are looking for. So yes, I, I'd absolutely do that with zero intentions of wanting anything in return. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's really interesting to hear your story. And, and like, you know, you mentioned God, nothing's wasted in his economy. I mean, just the, a beautiful mosaic of the pieces falling into place, you know, over time, but Veronica, thank you so much for just taking time today and just sharing your story with us and, and insights and, and the gold nuggets that I, we, I, we have to mine together during this, <laughs> this 30 minutes or so that we chatted it and really just playing your part in helping all boats rise in a rising tide. Veronica, have a great weekend. Thank you, Kevin. Another episode in the books. We hope you heard some great takeaways. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes and YouTube. As always, thanks for listening to Rising Tide.